So how's uh, India today? What part of India are you in? I am in Bangalore, which is the uh, southern part of India. Wow. Um, yeah. It's amazing how, well, you know, under the same sky, but like you're miles away in your time zone plus half. What's the half, you know, the, the 30 minutes extra doing? What's up with you guys? <laughs> <laughs> I have no clue. Was it to piece China off or something? <laughs> Maybe I don't know. <laughs> well, the rest of us are suffering here, by the way. Like, round it off to a whole number, or just forget about it. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I am Sibyl, and this is the More Sibyl Podcast. All right. Um, Hello everyone, welcome back to the show. This is the More Civil Podcast, a podcast about culture and cultural nomads designed for Blacks and Asians and those who love them. I'm your host, Mo Civil, Nigerian-born, US educated, Korean-speaking, wandering intellectual, and I'm all warmed up today and excited to talk about my next guest. And before I introduce them officially, I'd like to give a shout out to the um, avenue where I met you know him from. So shout out to Stephanie uh, Fuchu of the Geopath expat podcast and for you know making me connect with naga we had a whatsapp group for podcasters where we share like best practices and tips and i met naga through that mechanism and so his name is naga uh his last name i would not try to butcher it but i'm gonna try subramanya and he he is the host and curator of the passion people podcast it's a podcast that focuses on the stories of people who follow your dreams to make their passions manifest in tangible ways he's a finance professional and walks on his podcast as he's um, passionate about meeting new people and sharing the stories of the world. Kind of sound like me. He took a year off in 2016 and he wrote about it. He had a blog. He has a blog on Medium, by the way. So I, I suggest you guys going on there to hear just how he did it. He took a year off actually having to save money and you know travel. And he wrote about it in um, 52 blog posts that he released every week before embarking on his podcast journey. So everyone join me in welcoming Naga to the show. Hello, Naga. Hi, Mohan. I'm so happy to be on the show. <laughs> oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. And Naga is from India and he lives in Bangalore. And so I think let's just get started from, you know, the very beginning. What was uh-huh. growing up like for you? And that's one. And what does it mean for you to be, you know, your heritage as an Indian person? So growing up for me has been uh, a lot of open spaces. It has been a lot of family time. It It has been a lot of uh, you know, understanding and discovering myself. I, I don't think that I'm done growing up yet. So I'm describing it as like present continuous. <laughs> but yeah, that's that, that's what it's been like. You know, if I have to sum it up in like two, three words, it's been a lot of uh, friends, family and, uh, you know, close cultural values that, you know, bind all of us together. Because in India, we're very, very close to family. So even though I've moved out of living of my house and I'm living with my wife in a different city, I still call my parents. We still call her parents on, on a daily basis. So we're very close to family. Oh, that, that sounds like Nigerian culture right there. Um, but if you could paint a picture of what, you know, your childhood was like, what was that like for you? So for the first, I think, 13 years, we lived in a joint family. So what that means is that we lived with my uh, grandparents and uncles and aunts in a house that was that had around like 20 people. So there was a lot of people around, a lot of hustle and bustle. 
and you know you, you get to uh, you get to talk to everyone on a on a daily basis 20 and, wow <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and and you get to see all of these people coming in and going out and uh, you know you realize how how big of a family you have and by the time i turned uh, i think 13 or 14 uh, we we uh, we got separated from from the family and yeah. we uh, as a family we still lived by ourselves and uh, so i moved from the city to the outskirts of the city which was a lot more open and a lot more uh, there were a lot more trees and i remember climbing a lot of trees and staying very close to my school so and really making friends uh, for the first time and you know trying to understand how the entire social construct works because wow. till then i didn't really need friends because i had my you cousin had 20, yeah 19 other people to to play with yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i can so, imagine there was like different age range so you had like you know a pair and someone older and someone just you know like every year of the every age in the continuum up until whatever you had somebody <laughs> from that bracket absolutely absolutely no no doubt about that so it it was it was different in the sense that it it gave me an opportunity to you know rediscover how 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 do i go and make friends but yeah. at the same time it was also uh, i was also very socially anxious so um, i didn't know how to talk to people i didn't know how to reach out so i guess that was the time that you know my personality really got molded yeah yeah and the 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 move kind of served as a uh, as an opportunity for me to you know take it as a fresh start Okay, that's good. Um, thanks for sharing that. So, um, I, I know, I, I know you took a gap year. Let's just move into that. Uh-huh. And <laughs> the only time I've had gap years is, you know, here in the U.S., where someone can just be studying, and all of a sudden they were like, "I'm just gonna stop school for like a year because I need to discover myself." Um, as a Nigerian, that was never an option. Through <laughs> everything. And even though there's a particular exam we all take called JAM, the Joint Admission Matriculation Board, mm-hmm. if you don't, if you, you have to get to a threshold to be able to apply into, you know, college, and you hope that you get accepted. So a lot of people do that exam, like you know, many times over, maybe a couple of times before they finally get into school. So that year of writing, because a yearly exam, that that could count as a gap year, even though it's not very, uh, it's very, it's not, comp- it's not, it's it's not something you plan on doing. It, it just happens. So I, want, right. I just wanted to know, how did you think, and I want to, and I know you Indians study a lot, you know, and I <laughs> know that gap year is nothing, it's not Indian. I know that from a lot of my Indian friends, because we had this conversation. First, <laughs> what did that idea of um, gap year, how did that come up to you? And do you even suggest people taking it? I mean, my third is right now, I haven't had what you call a gap year. You know, you have to think about financial security, paying your bills, like how did you do that as well? So I want to know the so- answers to those two questions. Okay, so uh, yes, I, I guess uh, gap years are catching up in India, and I, uh, the the kind of gap year I did was something similar to what you said, right? It was kind of surrounded around an exam, and uh, you know, you took time to do something. But this was more a professional exam. I uh, I, I studied uh, for my uh, chartered accountancy of England and Wales, so that was one of the that was a nice hook to convince my parents that i'm not really wasting away a year <laughs> oh indian parents and indian parents have that in common and so much more <laughs> yeah i i guess uh, i guess they're just really really worried about their kids right and they want their kids to have like such a great future and, because we are uh, their retirement plans <laughs> <laughs> when you put so much into you, it's like pony up honey <laughs> you need to pay back Absolutely. Absolutely. Love you, mom and dad. I love you. 
so so i guess that's where they come from but uh, uh, for me that, uh, that this was one of the ways i structured it but the reason i ended up taking a gap year was because i had just had too much because i uh, i'm a cpa in india certified public um, accountant accountant yeah so uh, it's called uh, chartered accountancy in india and uh, the way the course is structured is that you start when you're 18 Wow. And you you you're done by the time you're 22 if you finish your exams on time. But you have and to get in by 18. Not a year before or after. Uh you can get in by 18 or any time after. Okay. But 18 is the minimum. 18 is the minimum. Okay, okay. I get so it. So what happens is that it's a a 3 to 4 and a half year kind of a period where you'd never get a break, you never got a holiday. Oh wow. So when I say never get a holiday, of course you have like a weekend off or whatever, right? But you don't still, get like two. Even that weekend, you're probably still studying. Yeah, you <laughs> go for long. Yeah, and you don't really get get like time for yourself. When I say time for yourself, I'm, I mean like a semester break with like two three months where you don't have anything to do. And right. fortunately for me, I I finished I finished my CPA uh, by the time I was 22, and I started work, and. I was working for three years. I was working for a large uh, multinational semiconductor company, oh, yeah. and I loved everything about it. I had traveled to so many countries. I met so many people, but there was this lingering sense of regret that you know I had not done so many things in my life, mm. and I I'd really need to take a break and really figure myself out. And that's when I realized that you know I wanted I wanted to take a gap year, and I used the exam bit also as a as one of the ways uh, to convince my parents <laughs> yeah so that's that's how that's how it all so came about i did it i see so that yeah and in, in respect to the financial uh, yes secure, that was going to be the minor question yes uh, with respect to the financial uh, bit i i had uh, saved up a little bit uh, every month so uh, that was something that really helped pull me through that one year oh, and I also did some um, uh, online consulting, like tax consulting for people oh, so from wherever still, I was. It was just not like a nine to five job. You still had some. Yeah, but that was only for a couple of weeks in the middle. Oh, when, yeah. When it was the tax season in India, so. And you charge your client a thousand dollars per hour. <laughs> <laughs> uh, trust me, Mo. If that was the case, I would still be on a break. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that makes sense. So you you really planned it then. I planned it to some extent. I earned a a, a lot, uh, some more of it. But what what I made sure that I did was that I did not waste any of that time, right? So that's the reason I did the blog. So every week of my gap year, I made sure that I was writing about it to ensure that I was keeping myself accountable. Ah, uh, I see. And and that's important. I feel because you don't have a boss or you don't have anyone kind of you know sitting on your head yeah. telling you. what are you doing or are we really making progress yeah. then it's up to us and it's the same for us as well right I, even as podcasters i i believe that it's the same uh, true, point yeah. that comes across because it's very easy podcast to, yeah yeah <laughs> uh, to just let go of stuff or just see you know what are we doing what is working and what's not so how do you how do you stay accountable or how do you ensure that you're growing if that is what you want to do that's so true that's so true and um thanks for sharing that so you you visited india like you Did you go round India for that whole year? What was your trip like? Yeah, uh, I came down to Kerala, which is in the southern part of India, and yeah. I, I volunteered at an organization uh, which was like an Airbnb for villages. Ah, nice. So they wanted to augment uh, income streams for villages, uh, so that uh, so they had uh, gone to specific villages and trained people to have guests and come and stay there and eat food with them 
and then go for like a walk around the village and tell them about their story how they do harvest and then make them eat the local food and stuff like that and after that uh, i was i was in another city called bombay or mumbai, mumbai. you might have heard of that mm-hmm. i was in mumbai i was there for a couple of weeks i stayed at a friends i, I was typical i was on literally on a friends couch for a couple of <laughs> <laughs> and uh, i uh, that was where the podcast started because by this time i had uh, i had met so many uh, people who had inspired me so much that i said you know i need to take their stories and i need to you know tell that to the world that is that is amazing so your podcast started 3 years ago then yes it started 3 wow, years ago wow what yeah so and then i then we did a road trip across one of the coastlines of india i did a 10 day meditation course where you could not talk to anyone or you could not make eye contact with anyone oh my gosh who are you there staying at <laughs> looking down that's like my worst nightmare right there i would rather <laughs> drown in water than do that i need people's energy to survive that's me extroverted Uh-huh. Yeah. Trust me it's it's one of the most uh, uh, cherished experiences of my life because uh, it's oh, I don't uh, it's you. A... I just can't do it. <laughs> I, I can't like, pay the right amount of money I might force myself to do it but no I, I, I can't just think like oh you know what I have done so much in my life right now let's just go for a silent 10 day meditation and <laughs> ready. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I guess all the Patreon who are you know uh, Patreon patrons should take note that if you give uh, yes, more enough that, money, thank you for that. Money. Thank you for that plug, Nada. Um, my willing price right now, as at the time of this recording, a hundred thousand dollars, and I would do it. I would I would do it for twenty days. I would not even you know watch anything. I would just look down, think about that money. As long as I can get a picture of that money you know, on the floor, stippled to the floor, so I can look down on it. That would be my motivation. <laughs> Anyways, um thanks for thanks for sharing that. Um so you're married, right? Yes. How long have you been married for? I've been married for 4 months now. Oh, you're so brand new. I think I remember that. Yes, you shared that on the stuff on the group page. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. So how did you guys meet? Is it shady.com? <laughs> no. No, 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 no. We met at the gym 9 years ago. So we we dated for 9 years before we got married. 9 years. Yeah. All right, so I just made a joke about shadi.com and this is this is my <laughs> Indian friends influencing me. So um this arranged marriages and there's also they call it love marriages now, but you know how Indian system work for the most part. Um parents are heavily involved. So shadi.com is one of the biggest online Uh, matchmaking you know shadi means marriage right yes it does yeah nine years yeah tell me the and, story how did you guys start dating what was happening at that gym was it when you're doing your your bench curls or she was on the treadmill <laughs> <laughs> so i i guess it was a lot slower right because i didn't have the courage to talk to her for two years oh, it's like an indian just... movie right there <laughs> so you're pining <laughs> you're pining for her <laughs> yeah and uh, i was just looking at her and i'm like okay i'm going to talk to her today i'm going to talk to her today but then nine years later you finally talked to her no no two years later i spoke to her and then nine years we dated <laughs> wow. oh wait wait the nine years you dated for oh it, yeah. two years was it doesn't even so you've known her for about 11 years yeah and she kept coming to that gym for two years she kept coming to the gym she was always there at the time that i went oh, so it, she it didn't was... like you as well hoping she would bump into you 
<laughs> maybe but then after afterwards we started talking and uh, then i asked her out and then uh, she told me that uh, she felt the same way about me as well Aww. and that's that's when it started but the funny part is i was 20 when that happened and she was 18 so the whole world was up in arms <laughs> when when they found out that you know they, these guys are dating because so was i know you know indians have this age like the was is it 21 is that the earliest you can start dating No, see, you guys there's no age dates. when you can start dating. That's you don't even need to kind of just marry yourselves. <laughs> so, uh, if, if you're 18, uh, if you need to be 21 as a girl uh, to get married, and uh, if you're less than 21 or still above 18, you can still get married, but you need your parents' consent. Parents' permission. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. Yeah, but dating in India is it's a it's a tough cookie, right? Because yeah. Uh, the first reason is because we have so many subcultures and subcastes and subcategories of people yeah right so everyone wants you to marry only within your specific Don't, caste yeah. or your yeah. specific religion yeah and so so that's that's one thing the, the second thing is that uh, we are all being westernized in the sense that we're watching a lot of shows so you want love marriages traveling. you want it to just happen overnight like i love him mommy <laughs> so the the time when um, you know my um, my girlfriend at that time when her parents found out they didn't talk to her for like 6 months wow and so she was alone in the house and nobody spoke to her is it because you guys don't belong to the same religion or the same caste system or yes it it was because we don't belong to the same caste system and wow. and and it's also because there is this um impression that the elders have here that we are not old enough to make such quote unquote decisions, decisions right <sighs> they they feel like oh all of this is infatuation it's it's going to go away but uh, fortunately for us it it didn't and we stuck around and so that's that's how it happened but right now if you if you need to talk about dating in india right now tinder is huge bumble is huge really people just swiping oh, left right and right center oh, absolutely absolutely and it's huge because uh, you know the way that Push they've backs. taken over the market mm-hmm. it's, yeah. it's crazy because like i said because we're being westernized all of these change changes are being accelerated but obviously it is still a very difficult thing for example uh, you can't really have a lot of public expl- uh, public displays of affection no pds uh, yeah no no not no too much pds so the grandmas and the grandpas die off <laughs> <laughs> that, so that, that's one part right but the second part is when i have to married people like married people can i even kiss in public no No. Yeah, okay. that's that's the second thing. Sad. Sorry, go ahead. The second thing was what? <laughs> the, the second thing is that there's this entire um, subculture that's going on where people feel that showing affection is anti-Indian. It's not against our culture or whatever whatever, right? So, uh there are a lot of these um, so-called love warriors who go and harass couples and go and harass people. Excuse you guys. Affection. It's against Indian culture. You guys are like the second most populated culture culture country. <laughs> You guys, five more years, you're gonna beat China. <laughs> really? <laughs> so you guys just show your. This is why. This is why you guys just start showing your affection outside because you put so much pressure showing it inside, and you keep just multiplying, <laughs> like multiplying, and you know, growing at that rate. <laughs> so, so that's that's a really sad thing because a a lot of uh, a lot of teenage couples or a lot of uh, couples in their young twenties have have nowhere to go or have nowhere to be intimate. That's uh, so sad. And even uh, like even in a lot of hotels like you would be surprised that I know people 
who've got harassed because their wives didn't change their last names. Oh, jeez. So yeah. there is this overarching, um, you know, imposition of what they believe is the right thing. So it's a it's a tough thing to be in India and to be dating. But if you if you stick to it and you're able to, you know, convince your parents and the the girls' parents, I think that's these are the most important stakeholders in that system, right? And that's that's what helps you kind of ease through the transition, and so so that's what happened. But it, it's definitely not not been easy because uh, my my sister came to know, and then my nieces knew about it. So my sister was like, "You're gonna be making like you're gonna be having like a bad impression on the kids if you're dating her and then you don't marry her and stuff like that." But you know. So why do you think it took you like nine years, you guys, to like you know? Um, finally get married? Was it because you're trying to convince her parents? Or it was just like, you know, your timing? It was a little bit of both, I guess. Because mm. uh, we we wanted to uh, be comfortable ourselves. Yeah. And and we also wanted uh, our parents to be comfortable. Yeah. And the the other thing is, uh, marriage is just the first step, right? More because well, there's pressure to get married, definitely. But after you get married, then there's pressure to have a kid. After you have one kid, oh, gosh, you guys sound like kid. Nigerians. This is just like Nigeria playbook right there. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> I, I guess it's all it's the same everywhere, right? Because all all the elders want our grandkids, and all all the grandmas want are the not not married people to get married. Yeah. And, all our mar- all the married friends want their not married friends to get married. Right. It's a cycle we keep perpetuating. And guess what? We're just gonna play the same game over and over again because yeah. we become our mothers, and now uh, we become eventually become our grandmothers. Like <laughs> jokes on you, <laughs> you know. So, uh, so we we really wanted to slow that cycle down and figure out that you know we wanted to spend time with ourselves first, yeah. and then slowly spend time with each other and really take things in a very conscious way rather than being pushed into this cycle. So mm. that that's the reason that, you know, we took our time. We made sure that, you know, we are right for each other and, you know, we're comfortable with each other. And then that's when we took the plunge. Wow. So four months into it, what would you say has been the biggest lesson you've learned about, in, about marriage so far? That it's not going to be easy mm-hmm. and that it takes a lot of work. And just because you know someone doesn't mean, uh, you know, it's all going to be there out there on a platter, right? Because living with someone is a totally different experience than loving them. Living and loving a person. That's so (laughs) treatable right there. Yeah, but go ahead. And uh, living and loving someone also means um, a lot of work, a lot of compromise, a lot of communication, a lot of apologies. And... um, Really knowing this before you start, I think is one of the one of the better things because we all get into a relationship or we all get into a marriage. We get we get driven by euphoria and we get driven by all the all the nerve cells firing in our brains and yeah. our hearts. And our, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's 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 just the that's just the first revving of the engine, right? That's it. <laughs> after after that's done you really need to make sure that you're keeping a lot of I love you's, a lot of sorries and a lot of it's okay. I'll, let's be figure it out together. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing that keeps you going, I guess. Oh, wow. Well, um, uh, as someone that has been in here for more than eight years, uh-huh. it sounds like you are starting off on a very good note. 
And I do wish you guys many, many years together in happiness and love and seeing how you guys fought for, you know, to be together for that long. Uh-huh. Um, I hope that, and of course, much more sustains you to the very, very, very end, whenever that might be. No, thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. So I see, like, it sounds like you do, like, a lot of physical activities, you know. Um, the mountaineer course, going to the gym for two years, even though you had, like, an ulterior motive going there. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> as, a, as a male man, as a male person in India, and, well, not just in India, just as a male person, what's your concept of body image? Totally random question. What, what's my concept of? Of body image, like, of a very positive body image. Of of body image as a male person, your um, your mom always thinks that you are not fat enough, right? <laughs> oh, mothers, that's one thing they're good at. They keep feeding you, you know, them and, food. Yeah, Eat that and after food. after marriage, now you have another mother, so you have oh, two mothers. Yeah. <laughs> Lucky you! Hey, this guy looks really thin. You know, and <laughs> the assumption is that uh, you know uh, because we stay away from home. The assumption is that we've been starving, right? obviously, because yeah. there's no food outside <laughs> no of food anywhere else. Yeah, <laughs> and so in in like the I guess the way my parents look at it, they're like, "Dude, you know what is this? You're you're withering away. Please eat." Right, but for me, uh, because I started working out, I was I was really a small, thinny, uh, thin and uh, skinny guy, right? Uh-huh. And I started working out because I wanted to be more confident. I wanted to. Um, have the ability to look at myself and say, "Hey, not bad. You know, you you look good." And yeah. so, I, I've always had a very negative body image uh, ever yeah. since I was I, I was small, and that kind of fed into my. Um, I guess that made me really uh, not have a lot of confidence, yeah. and so working on myself and working out really helped me kind of mold another story for myself, and and it helped me uh, improve my body image because I was working on it. and and i worked out for a lot of years and over the last couple of years it's been you know on and off so i've kind of put on a little bit of weight so i i used to have some of my colleagues tell me that hey you know maybe you want to take care of your stomach or maybe you want to lose a little bit of weight and i i find that to be extremely annoying because uh, who are you to tell me whether i'm fat or thin or whatever my mom doesn't think i'm fat and that's it yeah And and especially in like a very uh, degrading way, right? And that that's something that that was never appreciated. Yeah, the so, advice, the concern about your health and whatnot, and oh, you know. Yeah, and so, but see, even if you're talking about it, it makes sense to talk about it one on one, or say, hey, you know, what, what happened? Are you okay? It seems like you know you're putting on weight, but it doesn't make sense to bring it up in a group in front of others. And making you conscious about your shortcomings or whatever it is in front of the others, right? So that was something that was something that I struggled with. But then eventually I end up telling telling them to you know mind their own business. Yeah. And now uh, I guess for me body image is something that I've always um, uh, struggled with, and it's something that I continue to work on because now I'm working out, but I feel like I'm not working out enough, and you know I, I still have a long way to go. Mm. And I, I guess it's an extension of my personality where I'm not really I'm never satisfied and I'm always trying to chase the next big obstacle or the next big thing. Thanks for sharing that. So for those that might be struggling to get to that point of just acceptance and, you know, improving on what you need to improve on for yourself, not because of how you think others can perceive you better. What kind of um, words of encouragement would you like to say to them? I'd like to tell them that um, 
you don't need to live up to anybody's expectations you don't mm. need to live up to anybody's um, you know image of how you are supposed to be you're only supposed to live up to yourself and think for yourself that what would make you happy mm. if the way you are makes you happy then by all means don't don't feel the need to change but if you feel like you know maybe i want to i want to work on myself or i i want to change xyz aspects of myself for myself that's the only time i would encourage you to go and work on it and the only time that i would want you folks to work on yourself would be in case your weight could be a potential risk to your health yeah and that's a that's a judgment that you'll need to make with your doctor as well yeah yeah thank you for that um and i wanted to ask you this before we run it off because i get to ask my female um like my female guest uh, but i wanted to hear his perspective you uh-huh. know just talked about body image um how do you practice self love and um usually when i think about it i think i think a lot of us have relegated that to just be for females only but i wanted to hear your perspective of what self love means to you and how you practice that so i've always been really uh, ruthless with myself and i think i've i've been ruthless with myself even now right because i've uh, i've had i had set a couple of goals for myself and they've not really panned out the way i wanted them to and for me uh, self love is as simple as talking to yourself as you talk to your best friend mm-hmm. and there's nothing nothing more to it right because if you see someone who's struggling or who so you see someone who wants to achieve their goals or mm. you know they're they're falling short you you obviously go sit with them and tell them that hey you're working so hard you're you're almost there just give it a little bit of time don't beat yourself up but when you're when i'm talking to myself it's always like are you crazy you've not even done <laughs> this you told the world you're going to do this but you've not even done this and you know you start kind of questioning yourself and and this this is something that i've been it's it's been a tumultuous time over the last couple of days because i've i've been down sick and that derailed a lot of my uh, so called scheduled projects yeah. and my my goals for these uh, whatever i had set for the last couple of months have been a little out of whack so uh, it's beaten my confidence and it is it has done so many bad things so self love for me is just stepping back and realizing that it's okay mm. and i need to course correct at the same time i also need to be gentle and nice to myself mm. so that i don't uh, i don't pull myself down or put unnecessary pressure on myself yes, because i've uh, because i think the culture that uh, we come from the expectation is always achieve 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 go to the next level yeah. you know do better earn more it's like a monkey But swinging I, on a branch keep swinging <laughs> keep swinging <laughs> and i i i don't think that's very healthy and uh, you know it's just that stop pause reflect About and make it, yeah. sure that uh, make sure that you're having realistic expectations of yourself and that you're having um, you're setting yourself up for success yeah that okay. for me is self love because if you don't if you don't do that you're only hurting yourself and if you're hurting yourself how will you take care of others how will you take care of any other thing because it all starts from you and only when you're fine and you're doing okay is when your creativity will come out or is that's when true. you can give love for someone else that's true that's true um i i one of my one of the people that I've been following for quite a while now is Jordan Peterson 
and he uh-huh. wrote a book, 12 Rules for Life. And what you had said about um, treating yourself like someone that you want, you want to be nice to someone that you know, reminds uh-huh. me of his um, number two rule, which is treat yourself like someone you're responsible for helping. And he gave, in his book, he gave an example of a dog because statistics have shown that adherence in human beings is very low. Like most people will not even go pick up the med- fill the med- prescription in the first place. And if they were to feel it, 30% of them would, you know, take it according to the doctor's orders or the way the pharmacist tells them to take it. But then this is that when it comes to pets, pet owners are, you know, unbelievable adherence. Like they treat their dogs better than they would treat their own body. And <laughs> so he gave that analogy. Why don't you treat yourself like somebody that you're responsible for helping? You know, yeah. and, and someone you love, someone you care about, treat yourself that way. And last week I released a monologue about just how I put these unnecessary expectations on myself. I set these unbelievable deadlines and I tell myself I have to confirm. If I had a person that put those kind of deadlines on me, I probably would have quit that job. But because yeah. I'm not setting those deadlines, I need to like readjust myself. I don't have to be that, you know, cutthroat and be like, you know, you have to get this done. But at what extent, if I don't take care of my body's first, first, if I don't take care of my health first, if I don't take care of my, just my whole body, my whole health, then there's nothing left to work with, you know, because it's just one body we have. So, yeah, I totally agree with what you just said. I wanted to just draw that analogy from Jordan Peterson's book. Yep. I just made a note of the book as well. I think he also has a podcast and, you know, I he think does, you should check out. He does. I mean, I love his stuff, you know. Um, I think for me, I, do, I, I know there's a lot of controversy associated with him. And uh, uh-huh. some I don't necessarily agree with. Some I can understand why. But like we most people, I don't, I don't see a person and be like, I am 100% for them. I'm not even 100% for myself all the time. I don't want people that will agree with me all the time. Um, but right. I have found a lot of utility in what he says, especially because I know that he genuinely tries to um, say the right things and he's not one to just argue your head off. Um, like just being, like cleaning up your room, as simple as that, in the literal sense of it and the metaphorical sense of it, before you go with, you know, at war with somebody else, put your house in order. And that has really helped me. It helped. It has helped me just reflect on myself and my actions and how what I do reflects on other people. And for that singular thing, I because I listen to his videos a lot and um, I don't necessarily agree with all of his um, um, philosophy, but for the personal development and growth, especially with depression and um, mental health and wellness, mm-hmm. I, I have you know benefited deeply from his messages. You know. yep. Yeah, so I, I just I put that caveat. You, you might not like him, you might like him, but just listen to him first and come with an open mind and see what you can get from it. I don't necessarily um, agree with everything he talks about, but that said, um, there's some things he talks about that you know I have benefited from, and I'm not gonna just say because of that I'm just gonna find him dangerous or you know, oh he's a supremacist. No, I don't think he's that you know that powerful as far as you know him being a supremacist. But I can understand why some of the things he says might be. Some people might find it offensive. It should offend right. you because it means you have to put your house in order. And if you're not ready for that growth, that's that's the that's where the offense comes, you know, to to play. True, true. And I liked how you uh, how you uh, you know chose to disagree because a lot of people don't uh, think independently when they're consuming content. That's it. And, and it's so important to have that ability to pause and reflect. Do I believe what is being said? Is this, that bullshit test for everything that you're yes. listening to, including, yes. you know, the show. And it is so important because we're living in a world where 
we're being fed information algorithmically we're being fed uh, data or news articles or pictures and images everything is a computer it's it. yeah that. <laughs> that's it <laughs> and that is so bad yeah. so if you're listening or talking or doing anything you know it's important to stop reflect and think about it for yourself that's it love them inside your mind that's it cuz i know facebook does this thing now where the people you see that come up on your feed are those uh-huh. you interact with and who are those you usually interact with maybe people that you agree with and you're losing out content or people that you just do some potential good for you you might not necessarily agree with them but that you don't agree with somebody doesn't mean all of their life as a whole is cancelled you know um i might say some things that will offend you tomorrow but doesn't mean you're cancelling me out of your life um i don't always think i'm right about stuff where i'm wrong i would like to be told like i don't think you're right about and here's why but i feel like sometimes conversations are not had and people just, you know, cancel you off. Oh, you you like this person, you're a horrible person. Like, no, let's have crucial conversations, you know, let's talk about this stuff. Yep, yep. Unless I'm potentially dangerous and volatile, then you need to run away from me. But otherwise, you know, I'm good. Quickly, um, thank you for that, Joe. Um, quickly, um, tell me about your podcast and where people can find you. So you can Google the Passion People podcast and uh, click on whichever podcast that you like. And the Passion People podcast is a set of conversations of passionate people from all over the world. A lot of lot of Indians, but I also have other other folks on the podcast. Mm. the The key tenet of the podcast is that we want to encourage people uh, to share stories of their lives because we wanted them to inspire others. In India, we have a very conservative culture, and mm. we wanted inspiring people so that the others tuning in can have a way to listen and also. uh get moved by the stories of whatever they're listening to mm. i'm also going to uh, take a little bit of liberty to plug in another podcast that i'm working on with um, with a friend of with a friend podcaster uh, rupan paul we're working on a podcast around uh, the theme of adulting which is um, you know how how to be a grown up and uh, we're going to tackle this especially from an indian context and hopefully we'll expand it to some other countries as well in the future that's a podcast that will be coming up in a couple of weeks Oh wow, great. Um I wish you the best with that. I love your website by the way. I love the little um posters you have and then the taglines you have for the for the guests. I like it. It's so it's so innovative. All right. And I want you to say something in your language. Your what's your wife's name by the way? Uh, Kritika. Kritika. Hello. So I want you to say something in um what languages you speak? Do you speak um Kanaka or No, we um, speak English itself because uh, we have different uh, languages. Oh wow! Oh wow! Uh, in Bangalore, we speak uh, Canada. Canada. So, yeah. um, would you say something in a language that she would hear, like something nice, like leave her a love message? Ah, it can't be you, okay? Because <laughs> you're married now, doesn't mean you have all the authority in the world to be flip out, okay? <laughs> Okay um uh, Kritika hum aapse bahut pyar karte hain aur uh, aapke sath reh ke bahut khush hai so I, i said that you know i really love you and i'm happy to be uh, you know staying with you i heard the kush back i used to the uh, well, i used to watch a lot of indian movies way back in the days Roshan oh. Amitabh Bachchan <laughs> Preeti Zinta Rani Mukherjee wow those were my people yes i grew up on a healthy staple of indian movies until i left college <laughs> So um, thank you for that. Thank you for coming on the show, Nana. It was really nice hearing, you know, about you, and I deeply appreciate all of the help you've been to me, especially on the podcast um, WhatsApp group. 
Um, you're so always willing to help and share resources. And for that, I really thank you. And um, I wish you the best in this new phase of your life with your wife. And I pray that uh, all of your heart desires come to fruition. If there's any way we can help you on the show, just, you know, um, know that you have an open invitation to come back anytime. But thank you for your time today. I deeply appreciate it. Thanks, Mo. Thanks for having me on the show. And uh, thanks for the warmth. Oh, you're welcome. See, so how does it feel now? Do you feel <laughs> less multicultural than you were before you started? <laughs> you, <Girl>. lover man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, before it's you been just super heard, fun. Oh, good. I'm glad you had fun. You've heard from Naga. Go check out his podcast. I'll put a link to the announcement. Go find out about what he does, the stories he shares. It's really crisp, and you know he does such a wonderful job curating people's story. And you can also look at it on Apple Podcasts. It's called the Passion People Podcast. He's on Spotify. He's on Google Podcasts. He's on Castbox, Stitcher, um, Radio Public. Basically, wherever you listen to your podcast. So if you like this show, um. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. And um, if you want to be on the show as well, go on the website, www.mosibyl.com and um, put a, fill out the form and I'll get back with you on my earliest convenience. And don't forget that we are running a scholarship for the education fund. So if you'd like to be a part of that, we're you know, trying to change lives and uh, educate the masses. So be a part of that in whatever way. Well, anyways, thank you all for listening. I remain your host, Massimo, and catch you guys in another episode of the show. Yeah. Bye, guys, your lovely wife, and I'll catch you on, on the WhatsApp group then. Yep. Sorry, yep. Right. Thank you so much, Mohan. It's been uh, super fun talking to you. Same here. Same here. Thank you so much. All right. Bye bye. Have right. a good day. You too. Bye. <laughs>